Welcome to Get the Facts Jack, a weekly podcast from Jack County, Texas, where we share factual information to the citizens of Jack County. I'm your host, Judge Brian Keith Humphreys, and to my right, my engineer, sound guru, technical advisor, my right-hand man, it's Jack. <laughs> Jack, Jack. Gordon, that's what Jack. I need to do is, Jack. okay, Get okay, dummy, Jack. quit reading and quit <laughs> ad-libbing and just stick to the just script. <laughs> Hello, folks. I'm Frank Hefner, yeah. so we can get this right. Wow. That's horrible. I sat there and I saw, oh, Jack County Emergency Management Coordinator. There's no telling what's going to come out of my mouth. You've been you've been struggling all day today, oh, Judge. No. I just, oh, the last hearing I had, it was like my brain's going forward, but my mouth isn't catching up. And mm-hmm. I, I get thick tongue. And just one of those days. It is. Well, it's, I mean, we had commissioner's court this morning. Yep. And the next thing you know, you look up and you forgot about a juvenile hearing. And and on top of that, you know, my office administrator called me and, and her yep. family's been exposed to COVID. So now I got 14 days on my own. So it's a whole different situation. Right. And if it couldn't be any better, we have our Thanksgiving dinner today <laughs> at noon. Right? <laughs> Did you get the dressing and the turkey ordered? I don't heck. Who knows? Somebody had to step in and say, okay, are we going to wait on the judge? And no, we're not. We're going to pray and no, we're going to eat. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Oh, well, that's okay. But it was good. We had some excellent food today. Everybody came together, didn't they? Yes, they did. It is. God is good. I have to tell you, I I made a comment. I had the opportunity to open and close a worship service uh, at church on Sundays. And so I told them, I said, you know, I said, I'm really embarrassed. We as Americans only celebrate and give thanks one day out of the year Mm -hmm. where we should be giving thanks each and every day. Every day. 365 days a year, I should be giving God all the glory and blessings of what he's given us. That's right. We don't deserve it, but he gives it. He does. Hey, we've got a great guest here. Man, I'm so glad. It's not <laughs> we, very often. Do we bow? Yeah. <laughs> no, we, what no, an we honor. <laughs> the Honorable <laughs> Judge Randy Jackson, the Archer County Judge, is here. And it is so, it's amazing to have another fellow county judge as one of our yeah. guests. And so, especially uh, one that's, to be here. Yeah, Especially Randy, one man. that's a friend to our county. He is. He is a he friend. Is. And, uh, I, you know, um, we talk we talk about a whole lot of different things, but uh, he's one that you can always go to and find a friend. Well, we have so much in common, and right. I'll I'll tell you. I got to tell you. I got to brag a little bit, and you know my philosophy on bragging is is. But anyway, I'll tell you what. There were two people, and I didn't know anybody whenever I first got thrown into this, and there are two people that very quickly. I knew were the source of information. They were they were going to be my sources and go to whenever I was in a bind, and one of them was Randy Jackson. The other mm-hmm. was Rick Lewis. And yeah. out of out of twelve to thirteen individuals in those rooms, I immediately identified two people who I knew that I could trust and that would tell me and steer me in the right direction right. whenever I came up against anything. Well, thank you very much. That, that means a lot to me, Randy. It does to me, too. And I appreciate that. And Judge Lewis from Montec County has since retired. And Judge Lewis and I came in the office at the same time as with, with the Baylor County Judge, Rusty Stafford. Mm-hmm. And we had some very good mentors to us when we first came in. So I am so glad that you got something out of it from Absolutely. Judge Lewis and I. Uh, and you know there's – Whenever you deal with things that you've never been exposed to before, you can't go home and ask your wife. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it's uh-huh. really hard, and it it's so important to have p- 
people that you respect and peers that are, first of all, willing to take the time because nobody understands exactly what a county judge does. I mean, we wear, I, I, I was a county commissioner, mm-hmm. and I sat with Judge Davenport, and I thought I had a pretty good idea of what Judge Davenport did on a daily basis. Was I wrong? Mm-hmm. I had no clue of what he did on a regular basis. I think a county judge is probably one of the most difficult positions to hold in elective office. I can see why you say that because we have so many different duties that we are responsible for. And I think the attitude that you approach those duties is probably as as important as anything because with all these different duties, I know we preside over six or seven different courts and believe me, they can all be as different as night and day. So we have to prepare ourselves for those. Luckily, we don't. I am not in Archer County bombarded by hearings on a daily basis. I have a time to I have time to regroup and prepare for for my next ones. But the courtroom is the easy part. It's the administrative duties that really are tough to deal with and can change instantly. Well, you know, you think you think on behalf of Jack County and Archer County, we share the same population uh-huh. ratio typically. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you two guys, the way you, your office is set up because of the population you have, you not only have to be county administrator, mm-hmm. you know, and oversee all faucets of the whole county, but then it's like you said, there's, there's different levels of court uh-huh. that you face as well, you know, juvenile and – you have some section of a criminal, and then you have the civil side of things. And there's just so much that you face that you, comes at you in every every aspect you where may be in a doing, larger county. You may be doing a death inquest, mm-hmm. or you may be doing a wedding. Right. You you got life and death. You got total extremes. You may be doing juvenile, and you may be doing a magistration of somebody that just committed a, a murder offense. Right. And then the next minute, you have to be a cheerleader. Because oh, yeah. on that cheerleader, there's somebody you have to go shake hands with in order because you need to be the face of the county at that point in order to address, you know, growth or your your you've got somebody right. coming in that's willing to look at your county and you have to be there to, you know, to be that face and have that smile, you know. And like you said a minute ago, Judge Humphreys, we are pretty close to the same population. We are also fairly close to the same population as Clay County. And I'm in the same judicial district as Clay County and Montague County, which is about three times our size as far as population goes. But even going out west, Baylor County is smaller. We have a lot of similarities, and we also have some big differences Mm -hmm. in how we do things. And like we were talking earlier, we have four justices, justice courts in Archer County. You have one. Henrietta has one. So that varies greatly from county to county, and then Wichita County, even though we don't have as many things in common with them, we all share regional assets, so it is such so important for us all to communicate right. and get along and for all of us to know kind of what Jack you, County has to deal with in case right. of an emergency or Clay County or Archer County so we can help each other out and I'm glad you said that a minute ago about Judge Lewis and, and myself, and you're coming on as judge. 
the communication has always been good. Oh, it's critical. And even out in our western counties, if something happens in Archer County, those guys are the first ones on the phone with me and vice versa. That's right. That takes a big load off of, uh, of me during a potential crisis. Well, there's emergency. a level of trust that's established. Yeah, there is. You know, and, and, and just not too long ago, we had a pursuit that started in Jack County, and it went all the way to Archer County and ended up in Baylor County. Mm-hmm. But there has to be a coordination between all of these you know, parts, working parts to make that kind of stuff work. Because if there was a conflict, you may not get that support you need at the county line, and then your guys are right. are kind of running blind at that point. Mm-hmm. That's that, that communication is critical. So It is. How did you just wake up one morning and you just wanted to be a county judge? <laughs> is that the way it works? <laughs> <laughs> For me, uh, I had a couple of people approach me, um, there were some things uh, going on that I didn't think the county was being uh, represent, I represented the way I would do it. Not saying it was right or wrong, but it just wasn't the way I, was, I would have done it. And at the time, I had bought some land in, in Archer County a few years before. I had a business in Archer County uh, that I had invested, invested in. So I was uh, very concerned and Right before I started to run, I had just moved from, or lived right on the Wichita County border. So I had moved to Archer County, and whenever all this, um, when I started paying a little more attention, I guess, to local uh, politics, I realized I would approach things differently if I would have been in that seat. And when I was in junior college, I took some local government courses Mm -hmm. that really gave me a basis of foundation of how things worked. So it's always been interesting to me. And I know how much local government affects, especially rural America's lifestyle, rural Texans. But it's the same way in every state. That is. Yeah, local government really affects rural counties more so than big cities, I I think. I totally agree with you. And you know what? We have to take our direction from Austin and our representatives Mm -hmm. and legislators but at the end of the day, local government is always the best government because you see those people on a daily basis. You see them at church. You see them at the sale barn. You see them at the grocery store. And you have a pulse of what's going on in Archer County to where some of the things that happens in Austin, and especially when you start looking at Washington, there is a huge disconnect. Mm-hmm. And Archer County is much different than Dallas County. Yeah, it is. And it's a whole nother world, and we have got to keep rural Texas rural. And uh, if not, the majority of Texas is going to be controlled the decisions that are made by these major, larger metropolitan areas, and you must have strong community leaders in, in these rural areas. Well, Judge, you and I have talked about this before. We've talked about it in our judges' meetings. Uh, during the legislative session in Austin, it is not as much Democrat versus Republican it's more urban versus rural, rural. and I would kind of like to commend Governor Abbott during the pandemic, especially there at the very first. He let everyone, he set us some statewide guidelines to go by, but he let us enforce those or add to those as we saw fit. And believe me, there's a lot of differences uh, in 20 miles of road between Archer County and Wichita County. Wichita County put some uh, some restrictions in place as far as uh, the, pan- the spread of the coronavirus. 
that we did not as a county court. We never put any restrictions in place. And the people that I think the people that live in Archer County want to be responsible for their family. They don't want me to be responsible for their family, and I agree with them. Yes. So that's the approach that I took. I think uh, the majority of our commissioners took that same approach that, you know, Judge Humphreys, you're in charge of your household. Here's what we're recommending that you do to protect yourself and your family. And, and, uh, Mr. Hefner, you are the same with your family. Here's what we're recommending that you do. But it's it's up to you to follow those guidelines. If you want to go to Walmart, go ahead. If you don't want to go to Walmart. That's your own personal that's, choice. Right. And, that's and, the way and I you know, it. there's a rural mindset. We've, we've made a choice to live in a rural community. We sure did. And, and we're a little independent. And we like to have that decision-making ability over our homes and not have a government entity or a city or a – homeowners association to tell me how I'm going to cut my grass. And so that's a great point. When we go to Wichita Falls, it's a whole different world. It is. And it's only, it's less than 20 minutes away from you. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I went, uh, my wife and I went on vacation in Colorado and up through New Mexico. Well, that was at the uh, first of the fall, I guess. But believe me, we have it pretty good here in Texas. We have some freedoms that they don't necessarily have in Colorado and New Mexico, but it's because the local governments and the, you know, the governor's office have have really made it restrictive. And you go by their rules or those mandates, you know that sure uh, they play into it. We don't have those here. I'm glad. I am too. Well, you know, one thing, one thing in that same line, one of one of the things that we ran into, especially with Governor Abbott's office. So when we disagreed with him, he listened to us. He didn't just, even as a small county, he still listened, and he was willing to, you know, take into account, you know, our feelings just as well as Wichita County or, you know, Tarrant County, Parker County, whoever it was. He was willing to, to listen to us as well. Uh, he, he might not agreed with us, but he was willing to listen. Well, I agree with you 100% because I had those same conversations, not with Governor Abbott, but his staff. And like you said, we might not have agreed on everything, but it was an honest conversation. Correct. And they certainly understood how we were wanting to approach things. And they did listen. And I think he listened to a large group of us county judges too. Uh, therefore, the, the open, the I guess, the restrictions that he left in our jurisdiction or within our power. Right. Left us an opportunity to do that. So I appreciate that from Governor. I agree with you. I think yeah. Governor's done a really good job. So, well, let's let's get to know Randy Jackson, Judge Jackson, just <laughs> a little bit better. So, what uh, I'm assuming that uh, you probably run a few cattle. I have, yeah. What yeah. what type of cattle operation do you run? Right now, my son and I run some commercial cows, cow calf operation. Uh, I've been doing this since the mid '80s, and. Uh, that keeps me from having to pay a therapy bill, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now the truth comes out. It's really all about therapy. <laughs> but um, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy that way of life. I, I enjoy the livestock industry, uh, and I've been around livestock my entire life. So, that's uh, yeah, it's it's a continuation of a lifestyle has I've your, always wanted. Has your ag extension agent not talked you into getting into goats yet? <laughs> Not yet. Okay. Now, now you're meddling. No, meddling. At one time, 
My son had over 200 nannies. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> My God. So, yeah, I, I know a little bit about that goat business. I'm a sucker, aren't I? You got, you got your county you judges do. buy-in, man. You do. <laughs> How about your family? Tell me a little bit about your, your kiddos and – uh, well, my good-looking, nice wife, Catherine, and I live uh, just outside Archer City, and uh, my son lives in Archer County, too. His kids, he's got four kids. My daughter lives in Wichita, and she just had a baby three months ago. Oh, well, congratulations. Thank you. And uh, and my stepson lives in Austin. I think he's coming up for Thanksgiving. So, oh, that's great. Uh, most of us are here. I've got a sister that lives in Winthorpe, one lives in Lakeside City. And then a brother that lives down on the coast, but uh, you know we all, except for my brother, we've all kind of stayed stayed right Y'all here. Y'all really close then. Uh-huh. Yeah, good bunch. Yeah. <laughs> How many grandkids do you have? Five. Oh, mm-hmm. in the grandkids, the best part. Great. You bet. Yeah. All of us here yeah. have grandkids, grandkids, and that's the best part. That's uh, what we live for. It was during the pandemic when we couldn't open up the courthouse. My son and his wife were. We're working, and, and the girls, the two youngest were pretty small and had to go to daycare. Well, the two oldest, which are boys, they would come with me every day. I could not have court. I really couldn't have anyone in my office. So I did all my work on, online or over the phone, Yeah, and I enjoyed that as much as anything, but they had to have a place to go because yeah. the schools were closed. Oh, yeah. While. So I know that was a tremendous hardship on a lot of people, and, and I sympathize with those that it was a hardship on. But to me, that was probably the only chance I'll ever get to spend with my grandkids yeah. like that on a daily basis. That's quality time. It was very quality time. Yeah, very much I quality. love it. So you're fixing to run for your third term of office. Correct. And so uh, I'm assuming that you're going to announce, and we've got a couple more days to file all of our paperwork. And then the primary election will be March 3rd. Isn't that correct? So- First part, so. First part of March. First part of March. I think that's right. Yeah. And so that's our primary, and then our general election will be maybe November 3rd. It may be March 1st and then November 3rd, something like I that. Think March that's 1st. Right. Yeah, I think that's right. March so, 1st. So you've served eight years already. You're are in the process of starting your eighth year. Yes. So what are some of the major accomplishments that you've made in Archer County? What You know, you mentioned earlier in our broadcast that you saw that you would do things just a little bit different. Not that they were wrong, mm-hmm. but just take the county in a little bit direction. So what are some of the things you're most proud of? The things that I wanted to change, and uh, keep in mind, I've been a businessman all my life. I never have worked for anyone since I was uh, 19 years old. So I saw some business decisions that I disagreed with uh, for the county. And they were things that could have been uh, easily changed or thought out, but there didn't seem to be any vision involved with them. Uh, But whenever I first got there, uh, our grant system, and we're talking about uh, any kind of grants from the federal or state government, we have to have a 90% closed case ratio for uh, criminal uh, in our criminal courts. Whenever I first got there, they were at 74%. So we were not eligible to get any grant funding. Then, uh, so we re- I really had to work hard to get that up to 90% my first year. And I, my experience was very limited in court, so or non-existent pretty much. So I really uh, had to rely on some uh, experienced judges around here to help me through that. 
and we worked out something and I had a great county or still have a great county attorney that was willing to work with me to uh, expedite things and so we raised the fines we increased the volume of cases that we saw we eliminated a lot of unnecessary paperwork and we let the defendants either bring their attorney or we let them be their own attorney like I thought you were supposed to do. So instead of doing seven a month now, we can do, I'm talking about criminal cases, uh, we can at least see 30 to 60. And if we're lucky, uh, we can adjudicate 45 of 60 of those. Some of those are going to linger on. Some won't show up. But anyway, we got it down. I had to get those numbers up where we'd be grant eligible. Before I came into office, they, the county had not been using any kind of state or some state highway funds. That was about it. But no federal funds because of the paperwork uh, nightmare that it is. And I know it is. But one of my businesses that I was involved in for over 20 years was the insurance business. So uh, that grant was very much like a claim, mm-hmm. and it didn't scare me. So since I've been in office – from grants alone, we have raised over six point three million dollars. That was that was not used before then. Well, that takes a heavy burden off of taxpayers, and it helps us kind of continue an upgrade in our services that we're mandated to have. That's amazing. And and you know one of the things, and you mentioned it, and I I really haven't thought of this before. But really, to be a good county judge, you've got to be a small business owner or have that background. And I'm going to tell you, you do it all. You, you, you're the head janitor, mm-hmm. but then you're also the CFO. And whenever you've worked in a small business as your own boss, you don't get days off. And when you come to work, it's all upon your shoulders and truly – to me, that's one of the biggest qualifications, and you treat that job as a county judge the same way. It's it's just genetic. You don't know another way. I agree, and I'm not trying to say anything about someone that has worked at someplace all the way up. My mother worked at the North Texas Rehab Center sure. for 52 years, same place. But I've been a decision maker ever since I was 20 years old, or right. really 18 it's a different deal when you're making decisions not only for yourself but for your family and for the people that work for you. So you have to have a little bit of vision, mm-hmm. and you can't be swayed by people that are don't have your best interest at heart. And you sometimes you uh, have to stand up to people that are trying to push themselves on you. So if, if someone's trying to bully you, uh, yeah, that doesn't really work for me. And <laughs> doesn't go very far, does no, it? No, it doesn't. And but, do, you, do you ever lose your cool? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to set you up on that one. <laughs> I have a couple of times, and I don't like it when I get upset. <laughs> but, yeah, I have, and I'm, I'm human just like, all, like me, Frank, as you are. Well, we're all human, and you bet I lose my temper just like everyone but else. But that's part of it, and it we're human, yeah. and that's the thing about it is. And, and so, I don't know. I think I love that you use the word vision. And you have to be able to sell that vision because it's not only what you see, but then you've got to express it to your 
county commissioners, mm-hmm. to your other county staff members, mm-hmm. your ser- sheriff's you know office, the whole thing, mm-hmm. and you've got to sell that vision. And you've been successful by completing two terms. It's not an easy task, Randy. Well, I, I agree, Keith. And here's another deal, too. You might have some good elected officials that have their own vision. Well, you, you've got to help them because everyone that's an elected official in Archer County that I know of has a vision for their office where they want it to get better or make it more efficient, whatever the cause. So that is their vision, and it doesn't always mesh with the things that are going on right then. So you have to help them realize that vision or at least listen to them. And, uh, you know, honest conversations are always a a good idea. Um, If I go up to Frank and I'm pitching uh, uh, something for the emergency management uh, system here in Jack County, as long as we have an honest conversation, Frank might not agree with me because he is the one that has to do the work. But I'm saying, Frank, this is how I can get you some money mm-hmm. to, to do what you need, but you might have to sway from your immediate plan. Those things happen daily with us, and I mentioned those grant programs. $6 million, to some people, that's an unbelievable amount. To some people, it's not. But to Archer County, that's a lot of money. Yeah, and that we don't have to get from taxpayers. So some of those visions kind of have to be molded around when we can afford to implement them. Well, and one of the things that you mentioned is is that you're, I would say, very conservative in your mm-hmm. spending. But if you don't look for outside resources like grant opportunities, mm-hmm. then the only opportunity you have is to tax mm-hmm. your citizens. Mm-hmm. And so how critical is that? I mean – you are constantly looking for alternative ways to keep your tax rate down, but still provide as many county services because we know there's some growth that's coming and county services are not getting any cheaper. And that's a critical way of just finding one, what I call low hanging fruit, the obvious stuff that you can go after with just a few changes you can go after and you can get. I agree. Uh, Again, I'm going to go back to that closed case ratio. Whenever I looked at how the cases were, and we get, I'm going to say in my misdemeanor criminal court, we get um, 175 new cases a year. That's our average. So um, let's say that you've got a $1,000 fine minimum connected to those or a $1,000 average. Well, that's tripling the income that my courtroom that my court was receiving before I took office the same personnel had to be there the uh, the jail costs were pretty much the same the by increasing the fines I was not going overboard I might have made it hurt a little bit more if you committed uh, a deed or drive while under an influence in Archer County or a marijuana charge Okay, I was I was fine with that, mm-hmm. but that that extra money that we got, you know that that plays into it. Well, the, the we have four justice courts there. They kind of started doing something similar. We were charging nineteen ninety fines for two thousand eighteen cases. Mm-hmm. Well, we we kind of got up to speed on that, and again, we uh, we thought it was. Uh, right with the times, or I, I certainly did. So over a six- or seven-year period, we 
that's a lot of income to the county that wasn't there before. We also changed our uh, health insurance plan that has saved us anywhere from $30,000 to $100,000 a year over what it was, and it's better for our employees. So it's it's cumulative. Mm-hmm. If everybody works at something, pretty soon you've got uh, – um, you know, you're saving the county taxpayers half a million dollars a year, and that is the equivalent in Archer County to about an 8, 8% tax rate increase. Wow, that's impressive. Well, what you were able to do is to quickly locate and identify some log jams because mm-hmm. local government can get kind of bogged down, and you, can. you just opened up that flow, and then you just enhanced it a little bit. And then it's better because – I'm telling you, that kind of leadership and vision is contagious, and then your other department heads got on board too, and they they followed your lead. Well, and I don't want to take that kind of credit for it because we have some experienced elected officials there that already had their own vision in place, and and I, I think that I may have complimented theirs or they complimented mine more so, but but I did tell them that that I I wanted to do some things differently, and uh, Keith, like it or not, you and I are the chief elected officials mm-hmm. in our counties, so we do have input on everything uh, that, that goes on like that. So yeah, that was my vision for it. I think we needed to improve our court system. I think we needed to uh, improve our incarceration rate, and I thought by doing that, uh, you know, like a revocation hearings if they they've got one chance to make things right and then they were in jail that's right well that cost the taxpayers money initially but in the end the fines that we were getting in that we normally had to write off were non-existent so it was long-term business decisions in my opinion that that i thought needed to change one of the first things that i did frank was is is I wanted to see other courtrooms, and I wanted to see how other judges' demeanor, and everybody has a different personality, and everybody runs their courtroom a little bit different because in our world, um, that's my kingdom. Pretty much anything I say goes within my courtroom. And so I had the opportunity. um, Tiffany Martin, our uh, county court clerk, uh, went with me, and we set in on uh, uh, some of your hearings. Mm -hmm. And I want you to know – to this day, Judge Jackson, a few things that I took away I still implement in my courtroom on a regular basis. And I really appreciate the way you you set that standard. I mean, it's serious business to come into a courtroom. You're not there for um, – yeah. nobody comes there voluntarily. They're <laughs> there for a reason. That's right. <laughs> and it's because they've probably done something wrong – or they needed some guidance or direction. And so let's talk a little bit about your courtroom demeanor and some of the things that you do and some of the things you've experienced in your courtroom. Okay. Uh, Whenever I first got there, and every judge runs their courtroom a little bit different, just like you said, um, I, I knew that there was one person in charge of the courtroom going into it, and that was me. So I thought if I'm in charge, I need to take charge. So I wanted the attorneys to be prepared when they got there, not prepare after they got there. Or we could, uh, you know, if it starts at 10 o'clock, then I want you to be prepared to go at 10 o'clock because I am, 
and I don't want you to waste my entire staff's time. Mm -hmm. So uh, that took me about a year to get that message across, and I never wanted to try to be mean, but I also didn't want to be a pushover on it either. Correct. So, you know, if if county attorneys didn't like it, I'd tell them, you know, if you don't want to practice law here, I certainly understand. Thank you for coming today. And I was good with that, but the ones that show up, Really, it's to their advantage. They are out of there pretty quick. And if we need to go to trial, then there's a procedure to go through, and I'm not asking for a guilty or an innocent plea or what. I just want you to be prepared. Right. Because I want to be prepared, and if you're prepared and I am too, then here we go. And I always try to give everyone respect. I also expect that, you know, I expect that in return. So – as long as that happens like that, everything goes smooth, but it doesn't always go like that. Well, I saw, and, and then one of the things that I used that um, I didn't really think much about cell phone, because, you know, everybody's texting or talking, and they put it on silent, but they're they're down here. You're talking, but they're down here texting, and that means I don't have your full attention. And what got my attention very quickly, and by the way, you got that young lady's attention, <laughs> was you sent her out. You 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 explained your rules of the courtroom. Very clearly, there was no doubt, and one lady um, maybe didn't interpret it correctly. <laughs> well, <laughs> to say the least, she wasn't following your room, or your rules, and so you stopped the proceedings and you identified her and asked her to step outside, and were, was very firm because you're in control of your courtroom, and uh, then you conducted your hearing, kept going, and about an hour had passed. This young lady still sitting out in the foyer in the in the common areas. And the bailiff uh, uh, came in on her behalf and said, Judge, I think this young lady's learned her lesson. She would like to visit with you. And she came inside, and she apologized to the court and said, you know, I, I didn't understand what the rules were. I, I will do a better job. May I come back in? And, and you said, absolutely. And you had her full attention. You, you made an example, but you got everybody's attention, and you were able to conduct business. And that has made a most, I don't know, I guess that made one of the biggest impressions to me is is because people that come into our courtrooms, they don't know, uh-huh. and they don't have a clue of how they should act or dress. And um, that's one of the things I'm very quick with explaining whenever you come into my courtroom, there's a set of standards. Uh-huh. If you show me respect, then I'll absolutely show you respect, and we'll be done in as quick as we possibly can. Keith, another thing, too, about those disruptions in court, people talking in the courtroom and their cell phones going off, keep in mind that there might be a 20-year-old kid on the front row that is sweating bullets. Mm-hmm. He is nervous. <laughs> well, that kid, or maybe it's someone in their, their first time in court or their 10th time, I don't know, yeah. but they're nervous. Well, that's a distraction for them, too. So you are hindering them. Mm-hmm. That's correct. It's not fair to them. So let's let's get business over with, and then we can go outside and talk on our phones, or we can joke around, or whatever. Yeah. And because I do try to run the courtroom like that, and I am uh, serious, but every once in a while, an opportunity for a light moment will come up, and I don't like to pass those <laughs> up <laughs> because uh, it is a tense situation. And you probably had, you know, young kids or young adults coming up to you. Just in tears, they're oh, scared to death, and I'm saying, "Relax now. You did something wrong. We're fixing to rectify it right now, and here's the penalty 
for it. Right. But I don't think you're a bad person. So, yeah. you know, you made a mistake. Well, here's the consequence for that mistake. And that's the way I look at it. Those are misdemeanor charges. You, but if it's your fifth time to do something, then, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, we all know the difference. <laughs> but but anyway, I've and I remember telling one young lady that was just nervous and crying, I said, look, you're not a very good criminal, so don't, <laughs> don't come back in here. <laughs> I was trying to get a smile out of her because she was, I was afraid she was going to pass out. She oh, was yeah. so nervous. Absolutely. And I finally got one little smile out of her. I said, it's all right. Just go ahead and, and we'll take you through the process. <laughs> go on. Frank, I got to tell a quick story on, on Judge Jackson. So from time to time, we have uh, judges' meetings, and uh, Judge Jackson was so gracious to host this judges' meeting. So all of our region came together. There's 13 or so of us that come together, and we visit. We share um, different experiences, and we, we learn from each other, and we, we just fellowship a little bit. And so we went across the street to probably some of the very best chicken fried steak I've ever put in my mouth. And about 45 <laughs> minutes later, after Judge Jackson was finished visiting, visiting? With everybody in the whole cafe, <laughs> when we were all done eating, Randy sat down and he he bought our meal. He he uh, he he paid for the the tab, and uh, he sat down. But I'll tell you one thing: Judge Jackson knew everybody in that cafe, yeah. and you could tell that there was a personal connection, there was a relationship, and there was a passion for the citizens of Archer County. If you were in that cafe, Judge Jackson was going to make you feel special, right? And he did that not only to the judges that he was he was our host, but also to everybody that was in that cafe. You felt like family. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for bringing that. I, I never had looked at it that way, but thank you, Keith, for that. And keep in mind, I was in business. I bought into a business over there because I've always liked Archer County. I started competing there when I was a kid. And, so, and, and I've always had family and friends over there, but... Those same people were my customers for a while, too. And you know how business is. As long as I do what I tell them I'm going to do, then I keep the, that customer base. And that's, they were good to me. Now it's my hopefully it's my turn to advocate for the citizens of Archer County and help them out because, again, one of the things, one of the reasons I ran for judge is I didn't think that, that there was a big enough push to have Archer County representative represented. We were not just the southern suburb of Wichita County. Mm. We were our own entity. Right. So, and you are. You have to be the biggest cheerleader. I tell my yeah, guys right. that all the time. I'm. I should be the biggest cheerleader in Jack County. Mm-hmm. Everything that I do is in the best interest of Jack County. I Judge agree Jackson, you. you're the right man for Archer County. Well, thank you. There's no I, doubt whatsoever. That can I say a few words too? And it is my pleasure to come here to jack county and and be on this but i've known frank for ever since i came into office pretty much and he has graciously lended us some tech support in archer county before when he could and we very much needed it but i've also been around county government enough long enough and i've certainly been around jack county to know that i have really appreciated your presence in our regional judges meetings uh keep in mind the region that we serve, it's 10 surrounding counties. Well, we have some uh, resources in place that we share, mm-hmm. and most of them are emergency resources. But we're talking about multi-million-dollar assets 
that we trade out and we work as a group, a collective group of judges for this region. And all of us are pretty much like-minded about that. And Wichita, County is our heavily populated area, but we are a phone call away from Jack County or, or Archer County getting those resources to us. I don't think uh, people that is as much appreciated as most people realize. But during the ice storm last year, of course, yeah, it was it was tough to get any resources anywhere, anywhere for right. anybody, and that was a bad example for those shared resources. But other than that, tornadoes, fires, uh, things like that, those uh, area resources are are a big ticket item yeah. that most counties can't afford by themselves. Wichita County couldn't afford them by themselves. That's either. exactly right. But together we can. But together we can. That's Makes right. a big difference. Yeah. So, Judge Jackson, thanks so very much for being our guest today. Very much my pleasure. I guarantee you. Listeners, Archer County, Jack County, make sure that you go out and vote. That's yeah. the most important thing uh, in our March primary. Uh, support your local elected officials. Uh, they need your prayers. They need an attaboy every once in a while. It's a tough job. It is. can be. Yeah, it can, it can be. be fun too. <laughs> it really, it can be very enjoyable, and I know you've seen some of that too. And some of it can be a way pretty heavy on you, but I enjoy most of the work that I do. It's kind of like any job. There's some things that I don't like about it, but most of the time I, I enjoy it, and I certainly enjoy the people I work around. So, yeah, yeah. But you're right. Uh, please go out and support these local officials that are running for reelection, and because they they do work hard to represent Jack County That's and right. Archer County too. I agree. And remember, listen to us, subscribe, like us on Applecast, Google Pods, Spotify, Amazon Prime. We're anywhere Frank you can get your anywhere you can get your podcast. Anywhere you can get your music, man. That's it. Look us up. Hit subscribe. Hit like. Yep. Get the facts, Jack. <laughs>